Welcome to Reach Community Church. I'm Pastor Heath. Thank you for joining us. One quick announcement before we get started, maybe a little side announcement. Um, on Monday, November the 2nd, we're having our monthly prayer gathering. Before COVID, we met on the first Monday of every month. We're trying to get back into that habit. So this coming Monday, November the 2nd, depending on when you're listening to this, from 7 to 8 at the Hamiltons, you may go, I don't know where that is. I'm not going to give their address here um, online, uh, but if you're subscribed to our email newsletter, we'll be sending out that information with the address and a reminder of the time this weekend. If you're not already subscribed and you would like to, you can go to our website at reachcommunitychurch.com on any of the sidebars. There's a little place that you can shoot your email to us and it'll add you to our newsletter. Love for you to stay up to date on those things. We try not to send out a ton of information. Uh, the most current thing that goes out every week is our online service, the little links that you can go on there and watch what you're watching right now. Another thing, uh, just in case he's watching, uh, my dad turned 74 yesterday. Sorry for giving your age out online, but happy birthday, Dad. I love you. Just for you. Isn't that a great present? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to be in First Thessalonians here in just a second, um, chapter 5, verses 14 through 24. And here's what I want you to hear, and I'm intentionally going to be a little shorter, and I know pastors say that, and I even say that sometimes, and I'm not short. My intention is to be a little bit shorter, because um, we're hopefully being um, meeting outdoors this Sunday on our property. Right now, it's 50-50. Weather is uh, ever-changing here in the fall of North Carolina. Uh, but here's what I want you to hear. Even when life is uncertain. We have work to do. We, if you didn't know this, are in an uncertain time. COVID, <laughs> elections, finances, financial stuff with people, um, especially with all the job losses and job changes that have happened during this COVID crisis. And the list goes on and on. And I think sometimes our default is to find comfort in distractions, comfort in hiding away. Anyone else? Anyone else when things get hard, things get tough, things get uh, the pressure increases? Sometimes we get a little or become a little like a turtle where we pull our head in and to this hard shell and hide away for the danger, for the craziness, for the other things to pass on by. Today we're going to look at another letter to the church. This one, um, still written by Paul, written to the church of Thessalonica. And I believe Paul has some words for us that we can apply to our times now, in our crazy world, to understand that there's still work to be done, even when things are uncertain, even when life is hard. There's things that he's calling his children to do. And I, and I pray, which we're going to do in just a second, that you hear the Word of God more than you hear me, more than you hear a pastor uh, encouraging you to do something maybe that's uncomfortable, maybe that you don't like. I, I pray that you hear the Word of God speaking to you, a Word that was encouraging a church thousands of years ago, still speaking to us today. So let's let's pray. Lord, we invite Your Spirit. We invite the Holy Spirit into where we're at, wherever this 
is being broadcast to wherever they are right now as they're listening to this. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would do His work in us. That we would hear Your encouragement written from Your messenger to the Gentiles, Paul. That we would hear His message to this specific church, but we would hear it spoken to us in this days or season of uncertainty. That we would draw our hope and joy and certainty in You. And Your power and Your presence and Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now. Let us hear. And Lord, let let us not just hear words, but Lord, let us respond appropriately to what You say to the church and what you say to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the church of Thessalonica was born in Acts 17. You can check that out if you'd like, by Paul and Silas. They were on a missionary journey. They spent about a month preaching the gospel, and guess what? People responded. People, both Jews and Gentiles, become followers of a new king. And that caused a little trouble in this... um, city Thessalonica that was in modern day Greece who was of course ruled by the one king in their mind Caesar. You see persecution was poured out on these new followers of Jesus because in the Roman province there was only one king to them. And out of fear for their life Paul and Silas fled the city after a month because it was getting heated. Their lives were in danger. And today's text comes out of the first letter sent to encourage these new believers to stay strong and press on. Paul loved these people, and I I say this almost every letter, even if the letters are aggressive, even if the letters are, you know, almost getting on them. Paul writes these things out of encouragement, out of building up. Listen to what he says in chapter 2, verse 8. It says, So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves. Because you had become very dear to us. And that didn't change when they ran out of the city, fleeing for their life. Paul was concerned. And so Paul began to write the first of two letters that we have, that's in the Bible, to this church. And he sends one of his disciples. They're actually, uh, after um, this, that you go into First and Second Timothy. There's, there is letters that were written specifically to him to encourage him, but he sends Timothy, an important disciple to him, to encourage and build the church. And guess what? In spite of persecution and suffering, they were still going strong. And it wasn't easy. Today I want to focus on ten verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14 through 24. And I want these words to speak to you. The first part of this section, Paul actually admonishes them to be grateful for the leadership for the people that are shepherding them. And then in verse 14, he begins to speak 
to the church things that even in crisis, even in times of uncertainty, that he was asking them to do. And they're not easy things. And starting in verse 14, it says, I urge you, brothers, admonish the idol, which admonishes warn, warn the idol, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Children of the King, if you're listening to this and, and, and Jesus is your Savior, Jesus is the, the love of your life because of what He's done for you, these words are for you today. Do you hear them? I think sometimes we're around people. We can even be those people that are idle. And, and it's telling the body to encourage, to warn the idol. It's time not to be idle anymore. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. And be patient with them all. Which, let me just tell you, patience is not an easy virtue. Patience is not an easy fruit. But in light of all of what's going on, patience is something that we have to live in and through. Verse 15. It says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seeks to do good to, the, to one another and to everyone. And this isn't just to those that are doing good, that are being nice to you, that are building you up, that are doing good things for you, that have historically been kind to you. Because he's saying here, don't repay evil for evil, but seek the good of one another and to everyone. Some of us right now, maybe not visually, because you may have people around you, some of you are shaking your heads internally, maybe externally, thinking, no way. You don't know what's happened. We have to remember that this was spoken to a people that because of their belief in Jesus, not because of something they did to themselves, not but something that they stepped into, something that they caused, other than their belief in Jesus, they were suffering real persecution. And these were spoken to them, telling them not to repay this evil, this evil for evil, not to lash back out at these. I think this is what distinguishes or sets apart disciples, followers of Jesus as they act like He does. We're going to go into, maybe not starting next week, but in the next week or two, we're going to start a series looking at things that Jesus did. If Jesus was the one that we're called to follow, called to be like, called to emulate, called to respond like, be like, we need to see what that is. So we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks after this week talking about what Jesus did. And our response is to be like Him. That's what He calls us to do, to follow Him, to step into the things that He stepped in, to act like He acts. And he, He's asking them in verse 15, and this is a new church. I don't know how long it had been after Paul left, but he spent one month with them. One month. So some of these believers may have only been believers for a month. And they loved and believed in Jesus so much so that they were willing to suffer insult, shame, persecution, and abuse 
to not deny their love of Jesus. See, if Paul can demand this of them, why not us? Why not during this season? And I, I, I understand our country is divided. And I'm a little concerned, which I'll talk about in a little bit. I'm a little concerned about what our country is going to do one way or the other after the third, after this Tuesday when elections are finally done, if they actually finish on that day, depending on all the ballots and all that stuff. So he tells them this, warn the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Don't repay anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And then in verse 16, he says something that I think is really difficult if we're going to look at it sincerely. I think in good times we can read 16, 17, and 18. If you're wanting to memorize some verses, it's not Jesus wept, but uh, 16 and 17 are pretty short, pretty uh, easy to memorize. And I think in this whole section might be something worth writing down, might be worth something keeping with you in the days and weeks to come. But this is what he tells them. After he tells them to warn the idle, to encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, be patient with them all. Don't repay evil with evil. And then he tells them in verse 16, he says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Watch out for what's getting ready to come out. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Imagine a church that is suffering in a city that despises them, in a country that belittles them, in a a place that does not honor anything other than their king, which was Caesar, under penalty of death, which Paul pays that penalty. So just sit on this for a second. Rejoice when? Always. Pray when? Always. Give thanks when? Always. See, the right view of Jesus gives us this ability. If you don't understand what Jesus has done for you, there's no amount of price that we'll pay. But when we understand and have the right view of Jesus and what He's done for us, and where we're going, and what He's building for us, and our eternity with Him, and, and, and this that we literally are aliens. This isn't a home as much as we are Americans. America isn't our future, isn't our eternity. Don't hear me wrong. I love our country and the freedom that it allows us. But our hope is in Jesus and His work in his returning, which he talks about right before this, telling them, you know, don't believe when others say he's come already. 
Be ready. And that, that's why he's telling them to admonish the idol because Jesus is returning. There is work to be done even in uncertain times. Does your view of Jesus give you this? Does your view of Jesus give you this ability to rejoice in spite of? To pray in spite of? To give thanks in spite of? Because that's what he was telling these people to rejoice and to pray and to give thanks in spite of the persecution that they were experiencing. And then in verse 19 it says, Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good, abstain from what is evil. For those that have taken or are currently taking right now the uh, study experiencing God that's going on, have you stopped looking for God to move, for God to work, for God to give, for God to heal around you? See, not quenching the Spirit means so many things. And it's such, this, this whole section, 19, 20, and 21, is such more than I can give you in this moment. But I believe that we can be guilty of not looking for the activity of the Holy Spirit in and around us, of us either turtling it, pulling our head in, or literally just being ignore, ignorant to what God is doing around us. Because right before He says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. What was going on was the will of God for you. And then he goes into 23 and it says, Now may the God of peace... This was the end of this book. And I encourage, like, I'm giving you 10, really 12, 11 verses out of First Thessalonians. I encourage you to read it. I encourage you to spend some time in, in, in the whole book. But this is at the end of this first letter. He says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. Purify you completely. Make you whole and complete. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because remember, He is coming. In 24 it says, He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. And how do we live this out? How do we live these things out? How do we do these things without understanding the power and the work of God in us and through us? It's time more than ever for us to pull our head out of the sand, out of our turtle shell, and engage. Whatever happens on Tuesday, God is still King and His kingdom is still coming. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe that God is sovereign? Am I telling you not to vote and I'm telling you not to be active? I'm telling you that in, in, regardless of what happens on Tuesday, God is still in control. God is still moving. God is still King. And Jesus is still returning and is going to build His kingdom. 
and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Stand firm in that truth and urge your brothers, admonishing them, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with with them all. And... I think some of us like this admonish the idol because we think, ooh, the Bible and pastor just gave me permission to admonish. And and we might play with that word, but remember it says be patient with them all in in this. There's people that are idle around us and some of their idleness is things that they're going through and and God's calling us to warn them in, in loving, gracious ways to either open up themselves to Jesus or remember what Jesus has already done? Who's the faint-hearted around you that you need to encourage? I think we miss opportunities all the time. I think I miss opportunities all the time. When people come into our mind and we're like, just thinking about you know whatever we're driving down the road and people pop into our head, I encourage you to use those as opportunities to encourage, call, text, Tell them you are thinking about it. Ask them how you can be praying for them. Help the weak. There are people around us that need our help, that need our support, that need our encouragement. And here's the last thing. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Church, We have reason to rejoice. We have reason to pray. And we have lots of reasons to give thanks. Don't let the uncertainty of COVID, of who's going to be the next president, of what's going on in our world, to allow us to take our eyes off that we can rejoice. We can celebrate What separates us, I think, from others is we have the capacity to worship in spite of. We have, you know, uh, (laughs) Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego chose not to take a knee to the idol. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace. Willingly. They even told King Nebuchadnezzar, it was like, even if God doesn't, Respond, even if God doesn't save us, we won't bend a knee. And there was another in the flames with them. And I believe that we can rejoice now, today, because there's another in the flames, in the uncertainty with us now. Church, more than ever, this is the season that we pray which should be something that we do without ceasing. And I encourage you, if you feel up to it, join us Monday night. We need to pray that God's will be done so that we can trust in that will, so that we can pray for our country and our leaders and ask for mercy as God does what He does with our country, leading it to His end and to His will.
And I believe as we give thanks, as we intentionally do these three things, rejoicing always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, it takes back some of that power that we've lost because of the uncertainty, because of the fear, because of all this other things going on. And that right now where you're at, you can rejoice, you can begin to declare what Jesus has done, is doing, will do for you. You can ask God to give you strength and peace and joy in the middle of it. And you can even now begin to give thanks for what God has done for you, to you, as He leads and guides you, trusting Him. I don't know where this finds you. I don't know if this is an encouragement or maybe feels like a load that's just put on you because you feel like you are failing and all these things that you're repaying evil for evil because you're frustrated and you're angry. I'm going to say, just like I said a little bit, the only way that we do that is by the power and presence of God in our life. Now is the time to pray and ask, God, help me be like the church in Thessalonica. Help me be like the church that in spite of all the things that they were going through, all the suffering, that Timothy found them being faithful in it. And let us read words like this as an encouragement for us to continue to stand strong, to allow God to lead and guide. Because God wants to do something great in our city and in our country. And it's not going to be, I don't think, some big organization. I think it's going to be people, the people of God, taking individual responsibility, just like Paul is telling the church here in chapter 5, verse 14. He's giving them a job. I think as we begin to walk out these things, the church grows, the kingdom, not even the church, the kingdom comes here. And so I think as we close this, as I pray for us, you've got to ask yourself a couple questions. One, is your view of Jesus right? So that you can step in all these things and rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances because you, you understand what Jesus has done for you. And are you ready and willing to ask God just to lead you and guide you into action that builds other people up? Let's pray. God, these are tough things for us in our uncertainty and our frustrations with what's going on and all the things that are going wrong around us. Lord, help us take confidence that you spoke to to a church that was having real persecution for their love and affection for you, for their deciding to give their life to you, to preach your gospel, to share 
in the grace and mercy that you poured out on them on other people. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with boldness, that we could rejoice always, that we would be thinking about you, praying constantly, that when we hit a wall, Lord, our, our, our response would be, be prayer to you. God, help me. Lord, help us be your children. Help us be your church. Help us take responsibility for what's going on around us. Help us love like you loved. Help us act like you act. And give us grace as we don't know what's going on around us all the time. Lord, help us respond in grace. Lord, help us be the church. I pray as we close today, Lord, that we would be responsive to to taking this, taking these verses and spending time in them asking you what you're asking of us specifically. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would help us see people not as aggravations to us, but you would help us see them through your eyes. Give us grace and mercy to do that. Lord, thank you for your power and your presence that you allow us. Thank you for bringing us through your Son into harmony with you. And Lord, I pray that your word would be life to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church. I look forward to next weekend, November the 8th being back together at the Senior Center, being in one place together. For all of our uh, at-home people, this will continue. You'll always have a video on Sunday morning uh, getting in the Word so that you can worship with us, that you can be in the Word with us. And I just encourage you, if there's things that we can be praying for you, info at reachcommunitychurch.com, send us your prayer requests. Send us how we can be praying. If there's things that we can help with, let us know. Until we see you again, we love you. Be blessed.